today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. The cool thing is, is that God is always available. God is always available for you and I. And I praise God for that. And I know that you probably praise God for that because there's many times where we are just crying out to God and His promise comes true even that much more by Him saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The promise that should bring comfort to many of us, knowing that there is a God in heaven that we can always run to. For He is our strong tower. There is much that is unsure in this world. We don't know what the next day holds for any one of our lives. In today's message, Pastor Eric reminds us that Jesus is sure. He keeps every promise that he makes to us. And he promised to us that he would send his Holy Spirit as a comforter and guide. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message, He Is or He's Not. If you would, open your Bibles to John chapter 5. As we get into the word this morning, John 5. John 5 is a challenging section, the second part of it. Last week we we saw how Jesus came into Jerusalem and he attended a feast there in Jerusalem. And he came into uh, the area where the pool of Bethesda was at. At this pool of Bethesda, there was a great multitude of sick people who were, who were gathered there. In fact, the Bible says that there was five porches where these people would, uh, with infirmities, diseases, and sicknesses came and they sat there because there was a time of where the angel would come down and stir the water and the people, whoever could get in there first, would be healed. And so if you were sick, this is the spot to be because you would want to be healed from your infirmity. And so Jesus came and, and there was a great multitude of people there. And Jesus came into this environment, a difficult environment, I would imagine. But as he was in this area, he saw a man who was lame for 38 years. He could not walk for 38 years. And so then Jesus went to the man and he asked the man, hey, do you want to be healed? And the man answered, every time I try, someone gets to the water first. And so then Jesus commands the the man to rise, take your bed and walk. A huge uh, request from Jesus. But the man had the faith that Jesus uh, had that authority. And so what did he do? He stood up, took his bed, and he walked. Now, the Jews, the religious leaders at this time, were upset because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. The Sabbath. They asked the man who Jesus healed, who healed you? And the man didn't know until Jesus met him in the temple. And when the man then met Jesus in the temple, he went and he told the Jews, it was Jesus who healed me. Well, that's where we pick up now. In verses 16 through, uh, hopefully, Lord willing, through 47. That's where we pick up today. So Jesus has just healed this man on the Sabbath. And the Sabbath, you guys, is an interesting thing. Because what, what is the big deal? Why are these leaders, the religious leaders, why are they upset Well, because the Sabbath, you guys, in in the Jewish culture takes place on the seventh day of the week. And the Sabbath is a sacred time to the Jews. It is a day that the Jews are required to abstain from work, to rest. It remembers that God rested on the seventh day of creation. And so the Jews persecuted Jesus. They even wanted to kill him because of this act that Jesus did. Seems kind of harsh. Well, 
they wanted to kill him because they felt that Jesus broke the Sabbath. That Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath, and in the eyes of the Jews, Jesus worked. And so Jesus then responds to the Jews, okay? And so let's, that's where we're going to get into verse 16. So verse 16 of chapter 5, and again, I, I titled the message, I don't know if I said it, but I don't think I did, he is or he's not. He is or he's not. And that will come to play here in a little while. Verse 16 of chapter 5, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all more, all the more to kill him, because he has not only broken the Sabbath, but he also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Verse 20, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom He will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. That all should honor the the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Most assuredly I say to you, He who hears My word and believes in Him who sent Me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Jesus continues in verse 25, Most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Verse 28, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice, and come forth, those who have done good, to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I of myself can do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And so again, we see that Jesus is responding to the Jewish leaders, okay? They wanted to kill him. They wanted to get rid of him. I mean, kill is like, that's the end result. That's how angry they were towards Jesus. But Jesus said, you know what? I am doing my Father's work. In verse 17, I think it's interesting because it says, Jesus says, My Father has been working until now, and I have been working. This is the response that Jesus gives to the Jews. In our terminology today, Jesus responding is is saying like this, My Father works on the Sabbath, and since He works, I work as well. And the thought process then of the Jews would be like, wait a minute, Jesus, you're just a man. You're saying you are like your father? You are just the man. Why are they thinking that? Because that's what they see before them is a man, a man named Jesus. 
And so Jesus' statement is telling us that he follows the example of God. And whatever Father does, he will do as well. Jesus tells the Jews, and he's telling us, God does not need rest. God doesn't need rest. God rested to set the example for you and I, knowing that you and I need rest. And rest is good. Looking deeper into the thought that God does not need rest, check out Psalm 121, verses 3 and 4. It says, He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I mean, can you imagine if God took a day off? Really, think about that. I mean, those hours of the night when you are just brokenhearted or when you just need the Lord God. And then, you know, in Yahoo, if you go out of town, if you're on business, you can set the auto response, right? I am out of the office. We'll see you on Monday, right? Could you imagine going to the Lord in prayer in a time of need? And then all of a sudden you get an auto response saying, I'm sorry, I'm resting. I will talk to you in the morning. I couldn't imagine that. In fact, if that was the response, I would probably say, this relationship is not going well. (laughs) I need you, Lord. I mean, I can't even imagine him taking a time off. And see, the cool thing is, is that God is always available. God is always available for you and I. And I praise God for that. And I know that you probably praise God for that because there's many times where we are just crying out to God and his promise comes true even that much more by him saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The promise that should bring comfort to many of us, knowing that there is a God in heaven that we can always run to. For he is our strong tower. And so this statement made by Jesus only made the Jews want to kill him more, right? I want to kill him even more now. Not only has Jesus broken the Sabbath, but now Jesus is declaring himself equal to God. The Jews' concern grew because Jesus, in their eyes, was a blasphemer. This is just a man, and he's saying he's equal with God. Imagine if there was a man today, if Jesus walked the earth today, how many people would reject him and say, you're putting yourself as God. We reject you. You broke the Sabbath, but consider yourself equal with God. Now you've gone too far. And so Jesus then responds. And Jesus speaks in third person. Did you guys catch that? He speaks in third person. And I truly believe that as he is speaking right now to the Jewish leaders, that the Holy Spirit is speaking through Jesus at this point. Why do I think that? Well, because of John 15. John 15, 26 says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The Holy Spirit is the one who is proclaiming Jesus. He is glorifying Jesus. And in in the passage of John 5, Jesus goes on and says, The Father loves the Son, right? And whatever the Son sees the Father do, He does likewise. He could have said, I, 
But it was the Holy Spirit who was declaring who Jesus was. And so the Holy Spirit speaking through Jesus says the Son can do nothing of himself. But whatever he sees the Father do, he does. And so Jesus is telling the Jews, I do nothing on my own, but I do as the Father does. And Jesus declares that he imitates God the Father. And so Jesus continues to say that the Father loves the Son and that he shows him all things that he does. The Father gives life, therefore the Father, therefore the, as the Father does, the Son does as well. Jesus gives life. So Jesus is telling the listeners, I do nothing on my own, but whatever Father does, I do. What a testimony that is to you and I, because I don't know about you, but there's many times where I do a lot of things on my own. Decisions still being made. And I, and I just, I go about this routine, and I know that Jesus is there. I know that God is always there. But it can be easily easy for me to slip into the mindset that I need to continue to do what I think needs to be done. But here's a great example for you and I through Jesus Christ by saying that he only does what the Father does. And as a Christian, and a Christian is one who follows Jesus Christ, okay? Because there's a lot of people who put the Christian label upon themselves, but they don't follow Jesus Christ. So a Christian is one who follows Jesus Christ. We are told to imitate Christ, which in a sense is imitating God, the Father. Look at what the Apostle Paul said, you guys. He said this, imitate me just as just as also I, I'm sorry, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So Paul is telling the church in Corinth to follow me as I follow Christ. Now, is, are we following Paul? I'm confused. No. Paul was just stating this. I am following Jesus Christ. Whatever he does, I'm doing. Therefore, I encourage you to do the same thing. Whatever, whatever Christ is doing, you do as well. That's what I'm doing. So I pass that on to you. Paul did nothing on his own. He followed what Jesus did. And we learn that Jesus does nothing of his own, but he follows the Father. You see the trend. Because when you imitate Jesus, guess who you're imitating? God. That's pretty neat, isn't it? That when you're following Jesus and when you're doing what Jesus does and what he did, you're doing the same as the Father. Now, I think that's pretty neat. I mean, I think that's so awesome that you could even tweet that statement. If you're a tweet person on Twitter or Facebook, you could Facebook that. Follow Jesus means following God. Imitate Christ, imitate God. Brilliant. I mean, it's it's, it's powerful, you guys, to really just let that soak into your mind. It might seem simple, but it's not. So Jesus tells the Jews in verse 22, you guys, that the Father has committed all judgment in the Son, to the Son. The Father has done this so that all should honor the Son. I mean, you think of the relationship of God the Father and Jesus here. God is saying, I commit all things to my Son, Jesus. And He has the authority to judge, and He has the authority to give life. And according to Jesus, God has completed the highest shift of authority ever being recorded. 
According to Jesus and his word right here, this is the, the greatest shift of authority that has been recorded. God, the one who created the heavens and the earth, has now shifted his authority to Jesus Christ. Amazing. God, perfect, holy God, the one people believe in. If you go in the streets, do you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. Jesus, I don't know. But God, I believe. But here in John chapter 5, God is saying through Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God the Father has now given Jesus the authority the same as God. And he did this, God did this, so that Christ could be honored. And this section of passage is a huge breaking point in one's belief. Either you believe in Jesus and his statement here made to the Jewish leaders, or you don't. Either you believe or you don't. You believe that God has given Jesus Christ the authority, or you don't. Jesus has declared himself to having the same deity as God. If you don't believe Jesus, you're not alone. Because there is many religious organizations out there that take the deity away from Jesus Christ. They say, yes, we recognize God, but we do not recognize Jesus as being God. Okay, you have, you have that choice. You have that choice. But how can Jesus say this? Well, God is perfect, and since Jesus is the Son of God, he is a part of God. But here's the thing is, Jesus is perfect as well. The Bible says this, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God is perfect. Jesus Christ is perfect. Jesus Christ is worthy of this authority. He's worthy of the honor. And you can disagree. But understand, when you are disagreeing, when you say you disagree with this, understand what you are disagreeing to. You are disagreeing and you are saying that God has made a mistake. You are arguing and you can say, I'm not saying that God made a mistake. I'm saying that Jesus is a liar. That's what I'm saying. To say that, I say this. Jesus' words are written down here in the Bible. And the Bible is the inspired word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture including this passage in John chapter 5. This was inspired by God. So, if you disagree with Jesus, you disagree with God. God the Father is declaring to you that Jesus is his Son, and that he is God, and he is telling you to honor him. This is the coming, this is coming from the same God who said this, you guys. The shift of authority is coming from the same mouthpiece who said this in Exodus. You shall have no other gods before me. Do you see the power in this? Do you see that Jesus and God are one? That God is giving Jesus that authority and he is recognizing it and he says, yes, 
Bless my son. Honor him. Honor means worship. Honor means to be glory to Jesus. If Jesus was not of God and God, then this whole thing is a waste of time because it would go against God's word. So Jesus follows up in our text with life in verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. He who hears my words, the words saying that I am of my father and I do my father's work. Remember who he's talking to, the Jewish leaders, those who had the influence within the community. Reaching out to them, saying, man, if you just hear my word and believe, you will have everlasting lives and you will not come into judgment. But you will come into life. And I believe Jesus is saying the same message to you this morning. Father God has given me all authority. I am the judge. And if you hear and believe my words, you will have everlasting life. It's God's cry to you. Jesus gives you the key to escape judgment. Did you guys catch that? You can pass from judgment. You can, you can be absent from the judgment by believing in Jesus' words. And hearing them. Jesus says to the Jews, the time is here when the dead will rise and have life. Again, this is possible because God is giving Jesus the authority to give life. I mean, if you look at the world today, there is many walking dead out there. I know that there's shows on TV, right? The walking dead and all that stuff. And it's, and it's, it's whatever. That's, it's entertainment. But the reality is, is that those who don't have Jesus Christ are walking dead. They're walking around, living this life without hope. And someday, every man will bow, every man will kneel and confess that Jesus is Lord. But Jesus is saying, you don't have to go through the judgment. You can go from death, you can go from the walking dead to the walking living through me. Praise God for that. Then we see an interesting statement in verse 28. Jesus saying, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. And come forth, those who have done good to resurrection of life, and to those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. To me, that really stood out to me, and it was really like, wow. Because Jesus is saying this, or is he saying this? He who hears my voice and who has done good will receive resurrected life. But those who have done evil will receive condemnation. So is Jesus saying to you and to me that doing good will get you eternal life? Well, the words have done mean actually to produce. He who hears my voice, in a sense, has produced good and will have life. And so the Bible tells us this, you guys. Every one of them has turned aside. They have together been corrupt. There is none who does good, no, not one. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. Thank you for joining us for our verse-by-verse study through the book of John. 
Pastor Eric Kluth will continue this series on the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. But right now, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message free of charge. Just send us an email at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Be sure to mention today's date. We'd also like to invite you to learn more about Grace to the Hearers by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll discover Pastor Eric's heart for this ministry and also find out about more places you can listen to sound, biblical teachings like this one. There are also resources available to enhance your own time studying the Word of God. That's all at gracetothehearers.com. Well, we are so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you. We hope that it's not your only source of spiritual nourishment. The Bible reminds us frequently of the importance of a church community, and we also encourage you to find a church family to support you in your walk with Jesus. If you happen to be in the Coolidge area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m., and you'll find our location information and directions at our website, gracetothehearers.com. We do hope you've been blessed by Pastor Eric's message today from the book of John. Join us again as we continue to look deeper into the Word, right here on Grace to the Hearers.